quiz time. Hey guys, I'm Ben. Uh, I lead the Year 11 boys. Um, if I haven't met you yet, please come say hi to me. Thank you to the two Year 11 boys here today. Um, hey, I've got a story to share. Uh, one day, uh, I heard this story about this lady. Let's call her Janine. And I was like reading about it in the newspaper. She's from America. Um, she was doing her shopping. So picture like Sonata's Village Green, this little old like grandma like waddling around after Village Green, all these shopping bags under her arms. This is Janine. She's walking back to her car. She's waddling there, um, and as she gets to the car, there are four men inside her car. And she's like freaking out, she doesn't know what to do, so she's like kind of stepping back, not knowing what to do, then she reaches into her bag and she pulls out a gun, and she's like, I've got a gun, I know how to use it! And the men kind of look up and see this like grandma like waving around a, a gun, and they, uh, they don't need to be asked twice, right? They're like all up, doors fling open, arms and legs going over and everywhere, as they run off and take off into the distance. Janine was understandably pretty shaken by the whole experience. Um, her, like, she's kind of like looking around like <sighs> some of these ones and then she picks up all her shopping that's been dropped on the floor. She puts her gun away and then she goes to the car. She sits in the car because the door's already open and she goes to put the key in the ignition and it doesn't turn on. And so she tries again, and she's like, oh, my hands just must be shaking. She's like, does these ones, and then she tries again. Still doesn't turn on. And she's like, that's weird. Why isn't my car turning? I must have broken down or something. And then she's kind of like, as she's fiddling with this key in the ignition, she realises, hang on, my seats are a long way back, isn't it? And hang on, I didn't have Maccas this morning. Why is there all this stuff in the driver's seat? And she's kind of looking around, and then she's looking around, trying to recognise this car. She then looks that way, and sees an identical car or spots that way. Janine has just robbed someone else's car at gunpoint. And she's like, crap, what do I do? What do I do? So she goes to the police station and she's like, I'm so sorry, I've like robbed this car, I don't know what to do. And like this police officer kind of just like looks behind her and there are four men just sitting behind the desk. And the police officer just loses it. End of story. End of story. Be sure what you know you have control over. Janine didn't know, uh, didn't understand uh, what she controlled. She thought she controlled this car. She thought it was her car, but in fact was not. The beginning of this passage paints a picture of a vineyard. This represents a hierarchy under which God has created the world. Let's have a look at verse 1 to me. It should be on the screen. There we go. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. This vineyard belongs to God because he is the gardener. We see that in verse 1. He's in charge for growing and maintaining the grapevines in the vineyard. And in the vineyard, we see there in verse 1 again, Jesus is the true vine. And then in verse 5, we are the branches. This is the hierarchy that God has intentionally placed over the world. If you need some idea of how a grapevine works, I, didn't, I had no idea. This is pretty helpful. We've got a vine, we've got a branch, and then God is the gardener, of course. 
This is the hierarchy that God has intentionally placed over the world. It is God who is in control, not me. He is the gardener, not you. This hierarchy isn't meant to be messed with. If we look all the way back at the book of Exodus, we know that our God is a God who is a jealous God, who hates it when this order is messed with. Have a look with me, Exodus 34, 14. It says this, Do not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. God hates it when this order is messed with. Because he made it like this for a reason. There's a reason God has designed the world exactly the way it is. It's it's because he wanted that order. In the vineyard, can you imagine the gardener walking through the garden, doing some gardening, and he comes up to this plant, and he goes to like cut the plant and make it nice and pretty, and the plant just out of nowhere is just like, no, I'm good. The plant says to the gardener, no, no. That's ridiculous, right? That's not going to happen. Because plants submit to the gardener. God created us so that we can obey him because he knows how to look after us. But we reject the gardener, don't we? We reject God and put ourselves in charge every single day. On paper, it's about as ridiculous as the plant speaking back to the gardener. The creator of the universe who made you and me and made everything in this world, who made it beautifully and wonderfully, he created you and you say no to him. I say no to him every single day. Whilst the idea of a plant saying no to this gardener is ridiculous, we do it every day as we tell God to get lost. There's a reason that gardeners gardeners exist, don't they? There's a reason your neighbour will whip out the lawnmower on a Saturday morning at 7am and start aggressively mowing the lawn next to you. There's a reason that gardens exist and gardeners exist is because without them, your garden will quickly grow to this. It will grow, grow and grow until it becomes more and more chaotic and more and more confused and more and more out of control. Let's return to the passage. Look at me, verse 5. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Our purpose as the branches is to remain in the vine and to produce fruit. God calls us to remain in Jesus and glorify him through the fruit we produce. Jesus uses this image of a branch dying and and a gardener cutting it off um, for those who do not produce fruit and for those who do not follow him. If you are not following Jesus, you are like the branch that is cut off from the creator and later we'll see that is thrown into the fire. Verse 8 reveals that God is glorified when we bear fruit for him. Fruit that is later revealed to us in Galatians 5, later in the Bible, and is shown by the way we think, speak, and act. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. This is what we are to produce in our lives. Walk through life showing patience. Walk through life showing kindness because that glorifies God. How many of these things do you actively do in your day? You and I are on this earth to glorify the Father 
by the fruit our words and actions produce. That is what you have been created to do because the gardener is in control. There is a reason God has put himself in control. As humans, I don't think we are physically capable of looking after the world we live in. I don't think we are capable of looking after ourselves even. I struggle every day to maintain the balances in my life. And sometimes I collapse and crumble. You don't need to look very far to see the damage humans have done to the world when they try to take control. Just look at, look at what is happening in Ukraine right now. Just look at what COVID has done to the world over the past two years. We are not capable of looking after this world because it is bigger than all of us. Not physically, but also everything else. The world is bigger and it needs someone bigger to maintain control. When we follow the evil desires of our heart, we reject Jesus as the vine and we reject God as the gardener. Again, God knows what is good for us. He has made this order because he is in control and he knows what is good for us. God is in control. He is the gardener. He knows how to look after his plans. Let the gardener take control of you and in turn produce fruit and please him because he is worthy of all that praise. We need to know what we are made to control. We are not meant to control this world. God is made to control this world. Like Janine, we need to know what we are actually in control of. Otherwise, there's bad consequences for us. Let the gardener garden and in turn produce fruit and please that Father because he's worthy of all praise. But God hasn't called us to blindly follow him so we can have like an army of minions running around. Instead, God has called us into an intimate relationship through his son, Jesus. With me at verse 5. In your Bible, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory. That you, might, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Our relationship with Jesus is intimate because without him, we do not have a relationship with God. We are like a branch that is cut off from the vine. A branch cannot continue to function if it is not connected to the vine. That image before. A branch will not continue to grow if it is cut off from the vine. Similarly, a baby... It cannot survive in its mother's womb if it is not connected to the mum itself. This baby is completely dependent on its mum for everything. That is a similar way. We are dependent on Jesus and we should be dependent on Jesus for every single thing in our life. The vine sustains and satisfies the branches. In the same way, true eternal sustenance and satisfaction can only come through Jesus as the vine. We cannot live separate to the true vine. Nothing on this earth can eternally satisfy you. Nothing. If your attention and all your focus is focused on getting into this sport team, what happens when you get injured? Nothing. You can't control that, right? You're done. What happens if all your focus and attention is in that and then it gets taken away? What about a school when all you're trying to do is make people like you and you just chase that and you do all these things and then all of a sudden you leave school and you've got to start again? 
You cannot control the things of this world because there is one who is greater than you who controls it. And he called you into a relationship that is not that is not distant, but an intimate relationship with you. Our relationship with Jesus is intimate because we are dependent on him like a child is dependent on his mother. My dad loves his lawn. It's my dad. It's an old picture of my dad and my family as well. My dad loves his lawn. In fact, I feel like most dads love their lawn. I feel like as I've grown up, I can slowly start to appreciate this more to the point where I'm now looking forward to having my own lawn to look after. I don't know if any other people feel this, but uh, that's certainly the way I feel. Maybe I'm getting old. Uh, in the same way, my dad cares for his grass. God cares for his vineyard. He doesn't just leave it grow. He cares for his vineyard and he cuts it because that's what's good for the grass, right? And he prunes it and cares for it because that is what is good for us. And he loves caring for it and he loves growing us so that he can produce more and more fruit from him. Read on with me from verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. The relationship and love that God has with his one and only Son with Jesus is the exact same relationship that Jesus has with us. This level of intimacy should be reserved for God and Jesus, for Father and Son. Yet he offers his love for us, even though we deserve nothing less. This is an intimate relationship with the creator of the universe. You are so small, I am so small and little compared to the world, compared to the universe. And instead the God of the universe has chosen you and wants you to be in a relationship with him. So what should we do? Look at verse 9. Remain in my love. Remain in his love. Walk in light of what Jesus has done at the cross for you. Produce fruit for the God of the universe because he has rescued you from darkness. As I was writing this talk this week, um, it's really good to think of some analogies um, so that people can understand. You might have noticed I've, done, I've used a couple. For this one, there's been one idea that popped into my head straight away and hasn't been able to leave. Hands up if you know what this is. Does anyone know what this is? Jacob, what is this? Uh, Harry Potter. And? Well done, well done, Jacob. This is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. This is Harry Potter himself casting a, Patron a Patronus charm to look after, uh, to look after someone, but also to take care uh, and to get rid of the Dementors. Now, if you don't know what a Dementor is, um, this this charm first of all gets rid of the Dementors. Um, a Dementor is like one of the foulest creatures in the Harry Potter world, and that's because it literally sucks the happiness out of uh, anyone. Um, and they're often regarded as one of the saddest and most sickest creatures in the Harry Potter world. This is what remaining in God's love looks like. As you give up your control on the world and put it into God's hand, you will remain in his love. 
Letting the Spirit of God take control of your life as you produce fruit that glorifies you. Letting, letting His love surround you and knowing that it is enough for you. All of your insecurity, all of your pride, all of your fears, all of your worries are protected by God. If you remain in His love, that will go because there is one who has done it all for you. And if that's real, that means everything. And that is one of the most beautiful pictures you can ever picture. I want everyone to close their eyes for a second. Everyone do it. Close your eyes. I can see everything from up here. Close your eyes. I want you to think about who you love most in this world. Who you love most in this world. I think for me it's probably my mum. I've said really, it's my mum. Think of that person. Keep thinking of that person. Keep your eyes closed. As you think of that person, the God of the universe loves you a thousand times more than that person ever will. Loves you a thousand times more than you will ever love that person. You can open your eyes now. That is a massive claim. The God who created the world, who creates everything you've ever seen, who creates everything you've ever heard, He loves you. Not distant, but like a branch connected to the vine. He loves you intimately and He made you beautifully. And so what do you need to do? Remain in His love like we saw before. And the rest will fall into place. The rest will fall into place. The way I, I often like to think about my relationship with God is um, think of your best friend or, or a good friend, right? If your best friend texts you, are you going to respond back to him? The answer should be yes. It's not yes. Sorry, you're not a good friend. That is our relationship with God. Relationships don't go one way, they go both ways. If this is true, it is worth everything and you need to respond to God you need to respond to God because the consequence of that is you getting cut off as the branch and thrown into the fire and burned. God loves you and he wants you to remain in his view. Let the garden the garden and produce fruit as the branches. Because that's what you've been made to do and that's beautiful. Please pray with me. Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that he is the true vine and I thank you that that vine produces branches for it. Lord, thank you for choosing uh, us and wanting us, wanting every single person in this room. Lord, thank you that even though you're far bigger than us and you're far greater than us, you have and you will look after us, Lord. Thank you for calling us into an intimate relationship, Lord. And I pray that off the back of that, we will be able to remain in your love and produce fruit because you are so worth it, Lord. Please help us to walk in our week thinking about this and acting on it. Lord, because if, if you are real, and you are real, Lord, this is worth absolutely everything. We pray all these things in the Son's name. Amen.